0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to It, the official podcast of the United States Postal Service. I'm Dale Parsan. In today's episode, we're going to continue with our postal jobs series. Previously, we spoke with Davita Lawrence, a mail carrier here in the Washington DC area. We had a really nice conversation about what it's like to be out there delivering mail day in and day out. In today's episode, we're speaking with Asia Hunter, a sales and services associate working at the post office in Alexandria, Virginia. Just south of Washington, D.C. Our sales and service associates have an extremely important job because they're the folks working directly with customers at the post office, answering questions and helping people with dozens and different kinds of tasks, whether it's buying stamps, shipping internationally, or getting a passport. Asia has worked at the post office since 2014 in a number of different roles. She's here in the studio with me to talk about her job and share some of her experiences. Welcome to Mailin' It, Asia.
1: Hi, happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Happy to have you. So, Asia, give me some background. How did you come to work for the Postal Service? Um, I
1: went to school for criminal justice, and at that time, back then, it was kind of, along with your degree, they wanted you to have experience. And it was like, well, how am I supposed to get the experience if nobody wants to hire me?
0: (laughs) Entry level. Age-old conundrum, right?
1: So... I was kind of like, I don't want to do anything entry. I don't want to be a police officer, and I don't want to do corrections. Yeah. I was like, no, there's something else. So I got an interview for the post office, and I never really looked back. I started at 18, and then time kind of slipped past me, and here I am 10 years later.
0: Gotcha. So you just saw a posting online, or you saw a billboard, a commercial. How would you come to find us?
1: I think one of my friends was... She was going through the process at the time too. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, you know, a good job. It's so I'm like, okay, I'll I'ma look into it. And I did it that way.
0: Wonderful. So you mentioned you were 18 when you joined. What kinds of work were you doing when you first started?
1: Um, I worked in a distribution plant. So I was primarily at that time just coming in and sorting the packages by hand. Of course, at that time, Everything was by hand. The machines were just up and coming, so you literally had to, you know, we were in, like, little circles, bagging the bags up, putting them onto um, little carts to weld them off so that they went onto the truck to get on the plane. Um, Everything at that time was typically by hand. Um, And then as I think that was, like, my first year, year two... I kind of switched into um, automation where they sort the letters. So I did that. Those were my next few years. Two through like maybe six.
0: Is it normal at the distribution centers to jump from different jobs, different responsibilities, or is it more usual for an individual to stick to one set of uh, one set of roles?
1: Typically, every day is the same. Typically, they don't really have you jump around a lot, but... As in all of our job descriptions, (laughs) as where needed.
0: Yes. Uh, I refer to them as other duties as assigned.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) And you'd be surprised how many people forget that. So if they need you somewhere else, they will put you somewhere else.
0: So what what was the trigger, right, between working at the distribution center, uh, sorting packages, wanting to get more into the SSA role? So how did you decide to make that jump?
1: Well, I was unassigned in the distribution center, so I would have I would have preferred to stay there, um, but I was an unassigned regular at the time, um, so they were kind of like, you you got to take a job somewhere. It's either you take a job somewhere or you, we put you somewhere. <laughs> and most of the times, that only falls to working overnight. And at the time, I was I had just had my baby, so I. Overnight just wasn't really an option for me, so I just went ahead and took the the window job.
0: So gotcha.
1: to do, do sales so and service, I took that job.
0: So for our listeners who may not be as accustomed to postal lingo, could you explain what what unassigned?
1: Being unassigned pretty much means that you don't have a specific job that's entitled to you. This being you know assigned a job, this is my job. This is the days off. You can't change them.
0: Gotcha. It's, it's so it's permit. a bit more when you're unassigned. You, uh, maybe the audience can think of it as being a floater, right? You're floating between wherever there are open, right. open uh, opportunities or open right. Re- requirements, right? So Asia, you you mentioned through all of these jumps, uh, since 2014, you know, working at the distribution center, wanting to become an SSA, you switched locations. So I think originally you were, the distribution center was located separately from where you are today. Yes. What was, what, why did you move? Was that for the unassigned status?
1: No, I moved because honestly, I was just trying to move up in my career, um, being where I was in Murrayfield, there wasn't really that much opportunity for growth, yeah, ultimately, for me to grow, and um me trying to go into being a supervisor in either the distribution center or in customer service, both really kind of require that you kind of know the field, which are your outside post offices, and that's what they call the field offices um they kind of all required for me to know that so i I took a Eve reassigned to like learn more and gain more knowledge so that when I did apply for these jobs, it's like, okay, I know this, and I, I, I have the knowledge, and I have the abilities to do that.
0: Gotcha. So is that your ultimate goal, wanting to become a supervisor?
1: It's my first step. I want to kind of go up the ladder into a bunch of other things. I don't want to stay there, of course, but I kind of feel like I want to I ride the ladder for a couple of years, so... I wanted to go from, you know, supervisor and then just go up the chain of just to learn whatever I can learn. Yeah. I don't like to be one of those people that don't know what the people under me are going through. So I like to start and I know everything you went through because I went through it. So, but ultimately there's, there's so much growth within the the post office. There's so many different fields, everything that people when you're on the outside, you, you don't think that the post office has these jobs and those jobs and we have nurses and we have legal and we everything you want to do, it's here.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's still surprises me sometimes how many different types of positions and how many different skill sets we can utilize here within the post office.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, Asia, let, let's walk through a, a typical day in the life for you. Walk me through when you start your day, when you end your day and any of the good details.
1: Okay. So, I have one of these odd positions right now where i'm a relief pool which basically means that i cover the shift for the person that is off so your shift typically starts at 10 every day but you're off on wednesdays then my shift starts on 10 on wednesdays and so it kind of follows that so every day i don't have too many so saturday and monday i started seven Tuesday I start at 8.30, Wednesday I'm off, Thursday and Friday I start at 5 a.m. So not too many jumps, but a typical day is, you know, different every day. So on a, let's say Monday, I come in and I start sorting parcels to, you know, help the carriers get their packages out. So I'm sorting the parcels for them. And once I'm done with that, I go open up the store. So I start get my materials to get the stamps out to get everything that we need to open the store and then around that time it's almost nine o'clock which is when our store opens i then go to you know open the gates and be there to help the customer
0: so walk me through a little bit of a of a normal day why don't we uh why don't we assume that I'm a customer walking into a post office. When I walk in, I see Postal Service employees, but, you know, I may not necessarily be able to understand who does what. So if I'm a customer walking in, what's going to be a typical interaction with somebody like yourself?
1: Um, We're going to greet you. And if, you know, depending on your your facial expressions, if you look confused, hey, do you need any help with anything? (laughs) And then, of course, you'll open up and say, yes, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do this. So we'll point you in the right direction at that point. Um, typically in the field offices or any offices that I've been to, um, you're all cross trained. So nine times out of 10, everybody does the same job. So somebody may do a little more, but for the basic development of helping the customers, everybody does the same thing. That's smart. So everybody can help you help the customer.
0: So I'm I'm always a little shocked at how many services the Postal Service offers, right, that you can get at a post office. So at our retail locations, what's most popular with customers? Stamps,
1: because not all locations have passports. I felt silly as
0: soon as I asked the question.
1: <laughs> no, because not all locations, I would say, I was going to say passports, but not all locations have passports. Okay. But those are the hot thing right now, especially with summer coming. Like I'm getting my passport, so <laughs> a lot of the offices that do have passport are they're more overwhelmed with passports than they are with I want to buy stamps, and of course the same thing is you know I want to mail something, but a lot of us, especially the younger group or the millennials, we don't mail things. We we. We do when it's, you know, pack we, we're doing more packages than metal. Gotcha. So the stamps yeah. are, you know, I don't really need stamps, but, you know, I'll send a package.
0: Yeah, my uh, I remember back when I was in grade school and I was really young, we actually had opportunities to learn how to address an envelope, where to put the stamp, you know, what goes where. And then when I'm talking with my nieces and nephews who are in grade school now, they have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: No, it's not sold anymore. <laughs> the same thing with cursive it it has gone out of the, the 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 learning situation.
0: But they know how to drop things into an Amazon cart and ask their parents to and pay that.
1: for it when you're not looking.
0: <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit about stamps. We talked a little bit about um, passports. What are some things at post offices that uh, the, the general customer would be surprised to know that we offer?
1: I would say, depending on your offices, because again, not every office is it's right now just in pilot, but there's government credentialing the, um, you know, your PIV cards, you can take them in and get them updated, get new ones. I know that has been definitely a big service for people, especially coming out of the D.C. area. They're like, I don't have to go to D.C.? Great. I can go to the post office. Like, they love it. Um, That and then the FBI fingerprinting, because the same thing. Most of your FBI fingerprintings are in areas that are hard to find parking. You don't really want to go to. They're long drives. So... Now, most of the post offices are offering something closer to you is offering FBI. So they love those services.
0: So we're talking things like digital biometric scanning, stuff like that, where back when I applied for my job, um, you know, I had to go into a police station and use ink. And, you know, I just I didn't really understand what was going on. And they were like, put your finger here and rotate it. Now we can do it digitally. And that's something really interesting that the post office can offer.
1: Yep and so we've we, we got away with the ink and we've got away with the police stations and we're like <laughs> just come do it here. So these services are not necessarily located at all post offices, but they're at locations probably not too far from, you know. They they I think they did a good job at trying to make sure they were in the the main hub.
0: Yeah, spaced out a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: The SSK is a little tricky.
0: Um Are the SSKs those uh those small help yourself kind of locations in the post offices?
1: Yeah, they're typically in your bigger post offices, um, your ones that probably generate a lot of customers. So you try to have them in to steer your lines like, okay, these are the people who can't use it. These are the people who have cash, the people that want stamps. And you can, you can mail your packages and things of that nature from the SSK. So you can do packages. You can schedule passport appointments. You can pay P.O. boxes. You can typically do everything on the SSK that is, you know, that you can use with a card because you have to pay by card. But the the tricky thing with it is that you don't get, like, the option of stamps. So you kind of only have, like, one or two options, and people want their options. So people are using them and they're utilizing them, and, um, especially during Christmas because most of the time during Christmas time, everybody's just mailing packages. Oh, yeah. So we'll, you know, have somebody that's in the lobby like, okay, you're helping these people and you can pull these people out of line and and say, okay, I'll help you mail your box over here. And they're, you know, gone in a matter of seconds instead of standing in the line. So, and it, it typically does everything that we would do at the window, just minus certain features. Like I, you can do express at the SSK, but most people want that actual scan on the express because they want it there the next day. So there's there's certain features that people don't like using the SSK for. And then even with the 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 QR codes, you can also scan your phone with those and print the label there.
0: Yeah, I've definitely used the self-service kiosk a few times. And maybe it's because we have a post office just in short walking distance from headquarters here. But during the holiday season, during that mailing rush, you will see an, an even longer line for the SSK, for the self-service kiosk, instead of just going to the actual uh, front desk tellers. And, um, you know, for individuals who know how to use it and know what offerings can come from the SSKs, it can really save you a ton of time.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um Especially if you're, like you said, if you're in a rush for time. Me, I would prefer to use the SSK, especially because, like you said, I know how to use
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you're, when you're taking your time helping a postal customer, what are some things that really become challenging? What are some aspects of, of those interactions, things that they may need help with?
1: Um, typically, it's filling out the forms. Um, more or less, it's the international forms. They can be a little tricky, especially because the format that the international form is in is it seems more domestic. So it seems name, address, zip code, and a lot of countries don't have zip codes, and it asks for um, city, state, and country. And it's like, know, they may not have a zip code, and so. People are confused because it's like, well, what do I put this information in? Yeah. Or what do I put especially with the where I see it a lot is with the APOs, the militaries. The militaries have their own special consolidated rates. So those challenges are definite that's one of the, the more common challenges. So the other thing they don't know is that they can print their return labels. Um they come in and most of the companies now have it set up to so where they're giving you this QR code that you come in, and we print it out in a matter of seconds, and you're on your way. Um, so those are the, the the challenges. Is I think not the the not knowing how to go about it.
0: That's that's pretty interesting because I would have assumed it would have been uh, the difficulty that I. Uh that I give them whenever I have my chicken scratch handwriting when I'm trying to address something and I need some help. And they're sitting here just like looking at at my handwriting like, sir, I don't understand a word that that's stated here. I need you to I need you to reiterate that.
1: well, see, I've had customers like that. And for me, it's not challenging. I can't speak for everyone. But for me, it's not challenging because with the the system that we're using, we're only as the clerks we're only inputting, say your address is one two three. We're only inputting one, two, three, and the first letter of the street name. So if the street name is love, I'm putting L. And I can, you know, nine times out of ten, you can see one, two, three, L. And then I can kind of look and say, okay, from the list that I'm looking at, this is this. is this, And then it pops up on your screen to ask you to confirm that. So once you confirm that, the label prints with it on the label. Yeah. So whether your handwriting is perfect or not. We got it.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. That's a relief. So what do you like most about your job?
1: Helping the customers. Being able to satisfy them every day is definitely the the most rewarding part of it. Um, Because some people, like you said, they come in and I've met plenty of people who are just like, I've never mailed anything. I don't know how to address a letter. And it's like, okay, well, now this is the teaching moment. You're going to learn today and you're going to (laughs) walk out of here knowing how to do it.
0: Are there any stories that, that you want to share with us that stick out in your mind about interactions with with customers that, that really stuck with you?
1: Um, I have one. Um, it was during the pandemic. And, of course, that was a trying time for everybody. Um, and we had a customer. He had, had a P.O. box with us. And he moved to Florida. But, of course... Nobody in their wildest dreams could have known that the pandemic was going to happen.
0: Yep, the country Um, is going to go underneath lockdowns here and there.
1: Yeah, like we we didn't think of this. So I'm sure it never registered in his mind. So let me update all of my addresses to everything. So when they were doing, you know, the stimulus checks, his stimulus check got forwarded to the P.O. box. And he had closed his P.O. box. So he was under the impression that, oh, it's just going to be rerouted and resent to me. But those are type of things that we cannot forward on. We have to send them back to sender. We cannot forward any official government mail. But it was so he happens to call. And when he called the office, I happened to pick up the phone and... He's like, yeah, I had this box. And he gives me his story. And he's like, I, you know, he he was elderly. He was probably 75. And he was like, I really need that. And I, I don't know what to do. And they told me that it was being sent there. So I went and looked. And lo and behold, I happened to find it. And when I happened to find it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, we have to be able to somehow get this to him. So I spoke with my manager and we were able to do, you know, go through the process to get it to him. And I'm sure that just made his day because it was just like, how else were you going to, like, anybody who deals with that type of line of work and trying to get things to change your address, it's not as easy every time, especially when you're dealing with certain companies. Sometimes they get it and then sometimes they don't. (laughs) Yeah. we were able to get him that that check, and
0: that must have been such a relief for the customer. It it was, I like, know, it it was. With some with so much going on, it it can just be such a relief to to have somebody reach out and help you. And the fact that that you and and the rest of the team went so above and beyond to try and provide that that person with solutions, it it says volumes about your performance.
1: Yeah, like definitely. Ultimately, like I said, I'm one of those people who stick to. Treat me the way that you want to be treated. So, I would want somebody to go the extra mile and, and help me. So, I, I do my best every day to go the extra mile to help others.
0: Asia, thank you so much for joining us today here on the podcast. It was a great opportunity to learn more about what you do as a sales and services associate.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now we're ready for another Did You Know. In this segment, we talk about interesting facts that most people probably don't know about the Postal Service. We all know that Benjamin Franklin was the first Postmaster General of the United States. We also know that he previously served as Postmaster General for more than 20 years under the British. But did you know that Franklin was fired from the Royal Postal Service in 1774 for allegedly opening and publishing someone else's letters? The letters were originally exchanged between Massachusetts, royal governor thomas hutchinson lieutenant governor andrew oliver and british authorities it's a complicated story that has become known to history as the hutchinson affair in 1772 franklin received a package of letters from an anonymous sender while he was living in london as agent for the massachusetts house of representatives in a nutshell the letter spoke of the growing dissatisfaction in massachusetts against royal taxes, and urged the imperial government to take a tougher stance with the colonies. Some of the letters also recommended the crown send more troops to keep colonists under control. Franklin originally shared the letters with a limited number of people, and was adamant they not be published. Despite his wishes, someone ended up publishing the letters in the Boston Gazette in June of 1773, increasing tensions between the colonists and the British government. Franklin later took responsibility for the letters being published, although he never said where the letters had actually come from, and wasn't directly responsible for their publication. Regardless, the Hutchinson Affair was one of a series of events that pushed the colonies toward war with Britain. And that wraps up this segment of Did You Know? Well, that's all for this episode of Mailin' It. If you're interested in hearing the first episode in our Postal Service job series, check out our February 7th podcast with mail carrier Davida Lawrence. Don't forget to subscribe to Mailin' It wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. And follow along on Instagram at US Postal Service, Twitter at USPS, and on Facebook.